you know I'm right. The podcast that uncovers the origin stories of some of the biggest names in sports, media, and entertainment, and so much more. Nick Durst here, along with Joe Calvaris and Joe. We're very excited for our guest today. We've had some of his colleagues on in the past. We've had some of his friends on in the past. We're all running in the same circles, it seems like. But he's not the first guy on the show with his last name. Isn't that right, Joe? No, not the first guy uh, with his last name. Uh, We got an East Coast, uh, sort of East Coast, West Coast connection with that. And it always seems like a rite of passage. Um, Somebody who does work for either SMY or WFN here in New York to be on our podcast. So uh, we're really happy to have him on. Uh, Currently a sports anchor, works for the New York Post. Uh, and you can see him on SMY, and he does um, some update anchoring uh, for WFAN and, and CBS Sports as well. So we're very happy to have him on. And you're right, he's not the first Henry, uh, but still going to be a great guest regardless. We welcome Dexter Henry to our program. Dexter, uh, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, guys. Always good to know that another Henry is joining the program. I'm assuming, is that Justin Henry? Is Justin Henry the other guy who was on? That's my guy. That's my guy out in Sacktown. So uh, yep. shout out to Justin Henry. That's my that's that's my guy. I was just texting with him the other day. So shout out to him. Uh, we are not we, related. We saw you, had, you had him on with the New York Post. Yeah. I was just like, uh, you know, that was like the metaverse right there. Into the Spider-verse <laughs> it was. Right it was. Shout out to Justin Henry. Uh, shout out to Anthony Rivera, uh, friends of Nick and I and colleagues uh, of Nick and I. Uh, again, like Nick said at the top, it just seems like you know, as you get further into this and you expand the, the circles, while they become bigger, they also simultaneously become smaller as well. Isn't that weird? Yeah, no, that's really how it is. It's funny how many like lack, I guess, degrees of separation there are between people and how connected all our media. And I, it's funny, I tell younger people trying to get in all the time, right? Like, it's really about connecting. You know, you want to be, you want to do good work and be talented at what you do, but you want to connect with people because they like your work. They they liking that, that stuff matters too. So, you know, whenever that happens, you get recommendations, people actually come on the show, you do vice versa. Oh, it's, it, you're, like you said, it's a big, big world, but it's also really small at the same time. So, so let's yeah. get going. Uh, your beginnings working in media. When did you first realize uh, that this was a, a career path and something that you wanted to pursue? And you studied at the University of Pittsburgh, which is a, a terrific yep. school. So uh, what did you make that determination and how did you land on Pittsburgh? Okay, so I'll take the second part of it, how I landed on Pittsburgh to go there as a school. Um, back when I was in high school, Clara Barton High School in Brooklyn, New York, um, I, and I was looking at colleges. I knew I wanted to go away. I knew I wanted to get out of New York. I wanted that experience. Uh, but I wanted a, I didn't want a campus in the middle of nowhere. That just wasn't my vibe. Um, I kind of wanted an urban campus. So I'd applied to schools in Philly, um, Washington University in St. Louis. I actually got into that. They didn't give me enough financial aid, so that wasn't going to happen. Um, but I Pitt, Pitt actually recruited me really heavily um, in trying to get me to come. They were really aggressive, and I, I went on a I went on a, a visit um, in December, right of that year before I graduated. And I just liked the campus, man. I liked the vibe. I liked the campus. Um, I liked the city, um, and I just really fell in love. And I was like, I could see myself here, and. It was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, a proud Pitt alum, love the school. Now, what I should say for my story though is, guys, when I was going to Pitt, broadcast journalism was not on the radar. That's not what I was going there for. That going for athletic training. I thought I was going to become an athletic trainer. Um, and a year into school there, uh, I kind of realized I looked certain sciences like you know if you could have got me to anatomy and kinesiology i was really interested in it but i just couldn't get past biology and chemistry that just wasn't working for me um and so i just realized i didn't have the interest in it i always had a love for sports journalism i really did um when i was young i was always getting the paper going to school um and high school people knew me as a guy that always at the table was reading the sports section every day so that passion was always there and i always loved sports I wrote, I wrote a little bit in middle school, my school paper, and a little bit in high school. 
But I don't think I really thought about it as a career until I got to Pitt and I was at Pitt. I saw some guys who were doing a show on the TV station called Bleacher Bums, and they were just sitting around talking about sports. Um, and one of those guys is a, somebody who's a, a mentor to me, uh, Jamoke Davis, who's worked a lot in this industry, used to do stuff on camera for the Washington Wizards, has worked at other stations. And he was an older student there, and then they decided to start Panther Sports Network, and I became involved in that. And it wasn't until I got involved in that and started working on their shows and learning how to shoot and edit and report. Um, and then I switched my major to media communications, broadcast journalism at Pitt. That's, I, I would say my sophomore year when I was 19, that's when I really was like, okay, I could, I like this. I can do this. I want to make a career out of it. That's, I think, when I really believed. And, you know, it's it's like what they say about exposure all the time. It's you've seen other people do it. Um, my mentor, Jamoke Davis, he was actually working at a station. He was a little older than me and working at a station in Pittsburgh. And so, you know, he did a lot in teaching me so much that I know. So it was just having him as a mentor who he's still my mentor to this day. And um, that's when I kind of really realized I do it. So, yeah, that's a little bit about why I chose Pitt and when I started saying, like, okay, I, I think I want to do something with broadcast journalism. When you were at Pitt, was Larry Fitzgerald there? Yeah, Larry. it's funny. Larry Fitzgerald was there. Larry Fitzgerald, my junior year, lived in the – there was, like, a section of dorms that we had called Bouquet Gardens. He lived in the, the building of those dorms, those apartments that was next to me. Um, So Larry Fitzgerald was there. I was there for those Larry Fitzgerald years. That was crazy. Um, That was sort of the resurgence of Pitt basketball at that time, too. So I actually – went to Pitt at a really good time when the two major sports teams on campus, uh, men's basketball and football were really, you know, just popping off. Also, you know, Pitt football just started playing at Heinz field, Heinz field opened the year that I started going to started going to Pitt, uh, 2001. And then the next year we built the basketball arena that's on campus after Pitt stadium was torn down, that got built there too. So it was a really great time to be there for sports. Yeah, Larry Fitzgerald was there. Um, great guy. Shout out to Larry Fitzgerald. Um, great dude. Ran it cross paths with him so many times in my professional career. And he's done some promotion for me on some of my independent work. So shout out to Larry Fitz. Great dude. Perfect period there also with the Panthers basketball and Jamie Dixon. Yeah. Great yep. teams just were never able to break through and get to a final four, but still a lot of fun. Um, so as Nick and I know, working in media is coming out of college is very, very difficult. Uh, finding that first job incredibly incredibly difficult right so uh what was the the process like um coming out of university of pittsburgh uh what, what types of jobs were you looking for uh what places were you looking for because it, it seems like if you want some type of on-air role or job in that capacity uh you got to work your way up right you got to go to a, a small town or small city first and then climb the ladder rungs, so to speak. So uh, again, what was that first process like? How difficult was it getting that first job out of college? Yeah, so that, you know, and it's funny because I think in, in some ways things are the same. And I graduated in 2005. In some ways things are a little different. But when I came out, that was the route, Joe, right? Like you you had, you were like going to go to a small market. You're going to work your way up to get on TV. So, you know, I had a reel. My mentor helped me with, with putting together a reel and some stuff I had from interning at KDKA in Pittsburgh. And um, man, I said, I sent my reel out. This, uh, I, I think, yeah, this is dating myself too. In 2005, we're still sending out DVDs. Now you just send people a link, which is so much nicer, but then you were sending DVDs. Um, and so some stations were still asking for VHS tape. That was crazy to me at that time. Some stations were still doing that. So I sent my stuff out to uh, small markets in Texas. Um, out on the West Coast, South Dakota, I remember, some couple places in Ohio, I didn't hear anything back. <laughs> like, but one, one, one place in Ohio, I remember, you know, told me they, they would not be moving forward and was going with internal candidates. I didn't get nothing back. And I didn't know what was going to happen in broadcast journalism. So I was at this crossroads because I was, I was staying in Pittsburgh. I stayed there this summer and nothing happened. Didn't get a job. So I was like, all right, I'm going to move back home to Brooklyn. Um, my mom, when I moved back home to Brooklyn, cause I, I didn't just do TV stuff. I also did print. I also wrote. So she was like, Hey, there's a small newspaper that covers our, our neighborhood where we lived in, in, um, Southeast Brooklyn. And she was like, why don't you try to go write for them? And so I just sent them an email, um, and they didn't have a sports guy. So they told me I do some sports and news and I started writing for them. That was my first professional sports reporting gig. Uh, was writing for them. I was covering a lot of high school basketball. I was doing news too. 
Um, and I did that for a little bit under a year. Uh, and then I got let go. I got let go at like nine months after being into the job. So that was kind of my introduction to work. Um, but I had to, it made me realize from going from that point on, I was going to have to work a little bit harder. Um, and Joe, I'm fortunate that I actually have never had to leave New York. Um, you know, I, I didn't learn this until a good friend of mine, Michelle Yu, who used to work for years at SNY and um, some and some other places. She does a lot of stuff with the Tennis Channel now. She once told me early in my career when we met, she was like, don't let anybody tell you that you have to leave New York. You have to go to a small market. Um, you don't have to. She's never done it. And I think what helped me not have to do that was the rise of digital video at the time I came out. I was one of the first people to to get involved in a in a out in a couple outlets that did some stuff with digital video so like that really helped me not have to leave and obviously we see where things have gone now with social media and digital video different platforms so yeah um yeah i didn't have to leave but my first job was actually in print so yep so dexter you do a lot of digital stuff i want to get into that in a moment but first i gotta ask you give me some of your favorite places to eat in brooklyn Pizza places, you know, are you a roll uh, roaster, a burning and car guy? Give me a bakery. <laughs> what are your places? Nick, are you a Brooklyn guy? Are you a Brooklyn guy? I'm a Staten Island guy, but Joe, Island. Joe, Joe okay. was born in Brooklyn. My parents are from Brooklyn. So very familiar. Okay, had, to, had, had to ask. Okay, so this this is gonna this is gonna annoy some Brooklyn people. I I'm not a big roast beef guy, and this has to be maybe like seven or eight years ago. I had never been to Rolling Roaster. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go and try Roller Roaster. And I went and I was just like, eh, I wasn't really that impressed with it. I didn't. I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. What's funny is I've actually never tried Brennan Carr. And I'm over by there quite often in Cheapside Bay, but I've actually never tried it. And one of my mentors, uh, friends, Cord Stanley, he always tells me much better than Roller Roaster. So I have to try it. I have to admit I haven't tried it. As far as pizza goes, uh, very close to where I live. I love Defara. Uh, in Midwood, uh, their pizza is just great. Um, yeah, I, I I love that. That's my that's my favorite pizza spot. Uh, my family's from the Caribbean, so big raised on Caribbean food. My favorite, I love roti. My favorite roti spot is a spot called Trinidad Golden Palace in uh, Crown Heights. That is probably my favorite roti spot. Um, love that. I'm trying to think of any other any other good eats. I had an Italian spot that I loved in Park Slope. That is now that is now gone. It was called Mulino's. It's now gone. Um, trying to think of anything else that I love. Mexican. Um, there's a Mexican fusion place I like right now called Miti Miti, also in Park Slope. It's on Fifth Avenue. That's really good. Bogota Bistro, which is also owned by the same people right down the street. That's also really good. Um, I miss my favorite sports bar in Brooklyn. It used to be 205th. Uh, that's no longer around, but yeah, those are some of my favorite, favorite food spots, uh, in, in Brooklyn that, I, that I'll, that I'll give, but as far as pizza goes, Defar, that's, that's my number one. Solid. LMB, LMB, LMB is solid too. Can't go wrong with LMB either. Yeah, LMB so, yeah. is great. It's a different type of pizza though. It's not a regular slice. You right. can't go to LMB for a regular slice, but if you go to LMB, of course you got to get. Got to get the Sicilian. Got and to. The, yeah. The Sicilian pie. Great. Me and my wife recently went. And just spent a hundred dollars on a meal, a little crazy, but got some leftovers, so it was all good. But you got to do it when, you when you're in town. But we got love to. talk of food here, so we had to, we had to ask you. But you, like you said, digital became very large or started to become a thing late or early 2010s, I'll say, around there. Yep. And you take advantage of that. You were you were doing some different various jobs as a videographer and reporter for the New York Post. You worked with the New York yep. Giants, the Daily News, CBSSports.com, my alma mater, St. John's, which is going to be tremendous in basketball next season. So how did all those opportunities come about for you? And what was it like working for some of those those major, major places, specifically, you know, you're working for a, a football team in the NFL at that time. Yeah. You're there. They're really good. So tell us about yep. the, those those stops. Yeah, so. So when you basically we go back to like Joe's question about the first start, the first job, right? After that, I remember I was, you know, just to let people know the truth of ups and downs, I was unemployed for maybe about six months. I worked at CBS News Productions as a broadcast associate, which was sort of like a, a glorified secretary role. Like you help producers work on longer form projects. And it was like a desk job. I hated it. I'll be honest. I hate I hated the job, uh, but I worked with some great people there. 
what was interesting was after that, I got an opportunity um, through my mentor, other mentor I just mentioned before, Cord Stanley, who loves Brennan Carr. He got me an editing role at MLB.com. And I was a game night editor for editor there for a while. And at the time, I remember feeling guys like I was like, oh, man, I'm editing. I'm not really reporting. I was still doing some writing on the side, stuff like that. But I would say where I think my biggest break or opportunity came after that, I worked at a small station called H E News, which is part of News 12, which it, it was short lived. It only lived for a while. I produced there for a while. But then the New York Post in two, late 2007 decided to start up a video team. And they were looking for videographers and somebody, they were looking for people who could shoot, edit, and report. And I kind of fit the bill for that because this is what I had really done in college. This was kind of the job I was looking for. So they allowed me to, they hired me um, as a freelancer. And I worked with a lot of the guys at the Post who I still work with now. Um, so this is my first stint with the Post. And, you know, I shot a lot of the videos, worked with some of the reporters, also did some stuff reporting on camera. What happened after that, which is very interesting, this is why you always, I try to tell people, always stay ready with your craft to look for an opportunity. The Post decided after a, I think it was about a little bit over a year and a half, they decided that they were going to go in a different direction with sports and they were going to use this other company called Cinesport to handle all their sports video. So I, I realized, I looked at what the Cinesport was doing and I said, hey, they don't have anybody that can go out to these games and shoot. So I reached out to Cinesport and was like, hey, I already work for the Post. I know all these reporters. You're going to need somebody to do the same thing. And I could report on camera. And they were like, yeah, we do. So we'll hire you. So they hired me and I basically was still working for the Post, but just through this other company. And through that, of the guys that ran that company all worked for the NBA and they had some connections with people with the Giants and you know, wanted to do some stuff on camera. Giants were looking for another on-air talent. They hired me. I worked there for a season and a half. Um, so I did that. You know, I did some stuff with CBS Sports at the time, freelancing for them, shooting video, doing like videos in the field with John Rothstein, uh, some people, some Maggie Gray, some other people I was doing some stuff with. And so I always had my hands in a, a whole bunch of different things. And I think at that time, guys, people were trying to figure out what digital video was. Because some of that, like I told you, 2007. So that's pre-Twitter, pre-Instagram, right? Facebook's really the only social media at, out there at that time um, that people are really using. And so a lot of these places were trying to figure it out. But what I loved about it was it gave me the reps that I needed in terms of just shooting, editing, reporting on camera. It gave me the reps. And so um, it's funny because I was still was trying to make it to TV. And at that time, there was a stigma. Like if you reported on digital, people didn't think you could do it on TV, which never made any sense to me. Uh, so there was kind of that stigma out there. But I'm grateful for that because it got me the reps. I didn't have to go to a small market like Joe asked about before. I was able to work in the big market and get those opportunities, all the ones that you mentioned, Nick. And it was it was really a great time. It was a lot of work. I was freelancing, working a lot of jobs. But you know, I was able to hold my craft and really worked on what I love. So I'm really appreciative looking back at that time. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've been in the pos position too. got to just do all these freelance gigs and everyone's like, why are you working so many jobs? It's because you got no choice <laughs> and you got to do what <laughs> yeah. you got to do. Sometimes you take some steady work, but maybe, maybe it doesn't last. Maybe it's not exactly with what you want to do for you. Dexter, you were the new media coordinator for St. Francis College in the Northeast Conference. So tell us about that experience there and how disgusted are you at the fact that no more athletics uh, at St. Francis and it's kind of like, you know, maybe I wasted my time doing all this hard work setting the foundation for years to come. Yeah, I'll never say it was a waste of time. And the reason why, I, what I'll say about that job, Nick, is it, I know people say this has nothing to do with what you do now on camera. It is probably the most important job I had. And the reason it's the most important job I had is I was able to give back. I, I basically, as a new media coordinator, to explain for people, I was in charge of all the athletic video and producing the live streams of games that they did. That job came about, I'll tell people how this came out, came about of a connection through the Giants. Uh, in a way, somebody had sent me the job, thought I was good for it. Uh, Paul Dettino, who does great work for the Giants and does a lot of stuff with the NEC. Paul 
thought I'd be really good for it. He knew I was working on some other stuff. I, at the time, I was also working in Youth 12. So I was kind of, again, doing a bunch of different freelance stuff. And it was a part-time gig and they were going to allow me to do other stuff. And he he put in a great recommendation for me. Um, and I went and interviewed with um, my former boss and good friend now, Dave Ganzel. And um, it was a great opportunity. But what was also great about it was everybody that worked under me was young young people, young people who went to school. So in this way, I was doing exactly what my mentor, Jamoke, I had mentioned in the beginning, was doing at St. Francis. I was kind of giving back in the way he gave back to me. And that's why I call it the most important job, because it was gratifying for me to help a lot of young people see that they could do things in broadcasting. And a lot of those young people are doing stuff in broadcasting. I just ran into one yesterday who's a photographer, my, my man, Mike Gray from News 12 Brooklyn. I just saw him. I, second time I've seen him in a month, and I, I see him on the street shooting. And I'm happy. And and a lot of those young people I'm still in touch with, they still call me, they still talk to me. I'm their mentors now. And so I worked there for six years. It was fantastic. Um, am I happy about what happened with the athletics program? No, I'm not. You know, the reason I'm not is it's a lot of, uh, a lot of people lost their jobs. Um, and, you know, it, it was really, it was really unexpected. And that athletics meant a lot to that school, a uh, small school in Brooklyn. My mom is a St. Francis alum. Uh, my nephew also goes to the school. Um, so I, I was really disappointed, uh, you know, you know, by that, but no, I don't, I don't think it was a waste of time. Cause I think I know the impact of what I did. Um, and, you know, I was happy with the people that came after me. One of my, one of my students, actually, when I left, um, one of my student workers, he ended up, I, I recommended highly for, I, I actually told him, I said, when I'm leaving, I said, this kid's got to take over for me. And they they honored that and they hired hired him. Shout out to Lu Luis Velez, who also then worked at St. John's um, mm. as their new media director. He then left there and went to St. John's. Um, shout out to Luis. Luis now works for M M MLS. And that just goes to show you it, it's this when you do good work and you see it passed on, when you're able to help other people reach their dreams and tell, push them to go further than you, that's what matters, man. Like that's what matters the most. Like I love what I do. I'm blessed to be able to do what I do. But nothing feels as good as helping the next generation. And I, I continue to do that. I, I love all the young people that I've mentored and, and mentorship matters so much. So, yeah, man, that was that was an important job. And I, I love I love doing it. So, Dexter, did you work with Chase Licata at same? Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so I work I work Chase. I work with Chase now. Uh, I do I do the broadcast for the College of Style and. And uh, you're right. It's very rewarding to work in the college atmosphere because the, the student athletes, they just love when you go above and beyond for them and are able to do great calls for them and, and record the games and get stuff for their social media. So it is very rewarding for sure. And I, again, yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Chase and tell Chase I say hi. Shout out to Chase. He's a good dude. Paul Dettino, also a great dude, too. He was a former yes. guest on You Know I'm Right. So, again, the the circles they get bigger but they also get smaller and uh being the student and then eventually landing those jobs uh, along the way where you become the teacher uh incredibly rewarding as well so you worked at uh, SB Nation News 12 Brooklyn and AccuWeather the Props Network Backpack Broadcasting so Dexter you've been around right you know there were a lot of other jobs in between uh, where you got to where you are right now. So uh, if you can just uh, walk us through everything that I just said, you know, from place to place, because again, yeah. it's difficult to stay in one place in media. You have to bounce around a little bit. Luckily, again, like you keep mentioning, you never had to leave New York, but, uh, but if you could walk us through that. Yeah. Let us know so, the worst snowstorm you had to cover for AccuWeather. Oh, oh, we could talk. We could, we could definitely talk about that. I'll, I'll get, I'll get today. We could definitely talk about that. So, um, to take you through, let's go back to 2010, okay? So what I also call, like I called St. Francis maybe my most important job, I would probably call MLB when I worked there maybe the most critical shift job in my career because even though it wasn't what I wanted to do, it made me a better editor um, that I didn't see at the time. But the best decision I ever made as far as working goes was to start doing my own thing. And that's what Backpack Broadcasting is. That is my production company. Um, that is my baby. And that that is uh, a product really of my mentor, Jamoke Davis, who really encouraged me to do this back in 
2008, 2009. I didn't start until 2010, but he kept, he was always in my ear. and was like, you need to do your own thing. Um, if you don't like the opportunities you're getting to report, you don't feel like you're getting enough. And at a certain point, I didn't feel like I was getting enough. He was like, do, create your own. And I did. And I start, I used that. I bought equipment, got a camera. I started covering high school basketball in uh, the New York City area, specifically in Brooklyn a lot. Um, and I, I had good relationships with coaches and stuff because of my work when I was a print reporter. And so I realized that I was like, nobody's really doing digital video for high school. And so it was the perfect time because this is 2010. Twitter had just popped off. Um, and I was, you know, I, was, I started my own YouTube channel with Backpack Broadcasting, went out to these games, covered it, made these reports and was getting them really quickly. And players would start to see me at these games and they'd be like, yo, what's up, Backpack? That's what, that's what they call me. They didn't even care about my name that it was Dexter. It's like, what's up, Backpack? Which was cool. I was I was stunned at the time because I did not realize that people were really watching this. I was just tweeting this out, putting the videos out. People were watching and start, it was starting to get a little bit of a following. And the reason I say it was the best thing I ever did because it then led to two other jobs. One being News 12. And there was a lot of a couple guys I worked with in News 12. Uh, shout out to my guys, Dan Serafin, Kurt Semder, Greg Thompson, uh, Pat O'Keefe, the sports director, who's still there. Uh, they really saw what I was doing. Uh, Nick Medanis, too, always worked. They saw what I was doing, and they were kind of like, this guy is doing what we do, and he's beating us before we get to our 10 o'clock newscast. And they they thought I was good. And I had a lot of respect for what they did, and they respect for what I did. Um, and so that respect was always there and their sports director saw it. And I, I'm going to put a pause in that for one second. And there was another job that I got from doing my own stuff from backpack broadcasting. And I was working with SB nation and working with Nets daily, um, who I worked with for a bunch of years, shout out to Bob Windrum and the Nets daily team. And I, I Nets daily, they never had any video content. So I was sort of their video journalist. And I, I did that for a bunch of years. And that was just great, man, because the fans there really loved the content. They supported me especially when the team came to Brooklyn. Um, and that really helped too. Bob Windrum, who met with me for coffee at Starbucks at the Barclays Center, liked my work and was like, yeah, we want to we want to hire you for this. We want you to do some video content for us. And I'm appreciative to him because that kind of gave me some more exposure. So that, that then happened. And then News 12, they saw me and their sports director, Pat O'Keefe, was like, look, I've I, I seen your Nets Daily stuff. I've seen you do stuff. You do great work. Um, we'd love to bring you in. They brought me in for an interview for an opening they had. And I believe this was in 2013. And I didn't get it. I was a finalist. I didn't get the job. And, and Pat said to me, hey, when something opens up for freelance for uh, for you, we'll remember you. But a lot of times we've been through work. People say that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to call me back. But he did. He called me back the next summer. was like, hey, you ready to go? Uh -huh. And I was like, yeah. And so I got the freelance gig with them. Um, and then that literally a, a month after I started working with them, the guy, the reason that position opened up, one of your reporters left to become the sports director in Jersey. He then asked me if I wanted to come and work on their Friday night football show in New Jersey. And so I did that. Um, and I did that. So that was my time in News 12. And that was great. And while I did sports in News 12, the news director there, she saw something in me and she asked me to do, she's like, do you want to do news? Now, guys, I was very against like doing news. I was like, yeah. no, nah, I don't want to do news. I'm a sports guy. I don't do this. She told me, just try it, Dexter. Just try it. I'm glad I did, um, even though I didn't want to, because it just gave me more reps. I got to do more live shots. It was something else. It was a different challenge. And then that that, that I started doing that in 2016. 2018, guys, um, you know, I didn't get anything full-time with News 12. And I kind of was like, look, I need a full-time job. I just become a father. Uh, so I was like, look, all right, it's time to get some full-time work in here. And I looked at a bunch of stuff and there was a position with AccuWeather to be a videographer, video journalist. And I was like, I don't know much about weather. I had a little a slight interest in it when I was a kid, but I, I interviewed with them and uh, shout out to Tom Lobeck, the guy who uh, hired me. He wanted somebody who was a reporter who had a variety of experiences. And he loved that I had done news, I'd done sports when I was at the Post, I'd done some entertainment stuff. He loved that. He thought it was going to make a better, well-rounded reporter in the field. So I did that, and I worked for AccuWeather for three years. Um, I did hurricanes. I've been in a Category 5 hurricane, which is crazy, guys. It is insane. The worst. You asked me about the worst snowstorm I've been in, Nick. The worst snowstorm I was ever in was upstate in Albany. 
I was up to cover a snowstorm in Albany about three feet of snow, but that's not really the worst part of it. The, the three feet of snow was the worst part was the snow fell, a lot of snow fell. And then after that was an insane temperature drop in which at one point I was out doing live shots where it felt, yeah, hold on to your coats for this one, minus 35. It felt uh. like it was minus 35. I have never felt anything that cold, guys. Joe, I see your face. You're like, so what is brutal. this? It's brutal. I, you, you know how people wear the 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 mask when they go to the ski mask, the ski mask when they go to ski. I had to have that on before I did my live shot because it was just stinging my face, and then I'd have to pull it down and talk as best as I could. So that was the worst snowstorm I've been in. Not only was there three feet of snow on the ground, it all was freezing pretty quickly because the temperature dropped, so it was tough to get around. It was, yeah, that was pretty terrible. That was the worst I've been in. Yeah. That sounds intense and going going into <laughs> you know it must have been easier to fly into Florida for a hurricane. Everyone's trying to get out of town. You're going in. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing though, Nick. The weirdest thing. You are flying into a place and when you land, you're like it's a ghost town, and you which makes you question why am I here? Right? Like right. what? Like what are we doing here? One thing I will say about weather reporting and having done it, and I still feel this way. I felt this way before I did it. I feel this way now there's no need to have the reporters out there in these hurricanes. Like me being out there telling you how bad or windy it is, it is not changing anything. It's not, you could just see that on a, a static camera. You don't, you don't need me out there. So yeah, the category five hurricane I was at in the one you, it, that was pretty, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Easily the craziest thing. Pretty crazy. Intense. Yeah. I always, I always wondered about that, but listen, I guess, I guess the ratings go up when you see uh, somebody getting blown over or putting the ruler in the snow. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All the tricks, but great stuff. So whether you do it for, for a little bit, you excel in it, always want to get back in sports. Eventually here, SNY, they partner up with the New York Post. You had your New York Post ties from back in the day. So give us... Walk us through the process here of how you ended up getting the current job you have with the New York Post. Yeah, so um, I left the AccuWeather in 2021. Um, and, you know, I had some time to just, you know, work on what I wanted to do next. I was very, I, I really knew that I didn't want to go back to local news. I actually was looking for something that's like what I'm doing now. I want to do something in the digital space. Uh, hosting, doing interviewing, maybe something with podcast style. I kind of knew that, but I wasn't seeing anything and and um for a while. So one of the things I decided to do, since I had some time, I decided to start my own NBA show called the NBA Exchange. And um at home I was hosting, getting guests, doing pretty much what I do with the with the post and SNY right now. Um and then in about I think it was August of that year, uh, because April I left AccuWeather August of that year. Um, my friend, Michelle, you who works for, who used to work for SNY had sent me the job and said, Hey Dex, I think this would be good for you. Um, and I applied for it. Uh, and I didn't hear anything back for a couple of months. I don't think I actually heard back from the post. Cause that's who I was. I'm hired by the post. Uh, I heard back from them in, I think the week before Thanksgiving. So I applied in August and I didn't hear back till November. Um, and they, they got back to me and they said to me, Hey, uh, you were a finalist. You didn't get the top spot, but we need a weekend guy. Uh, would you like to be the weekend guy? And I was like, yeah, I absolutely would. Um, and, you know, l listen, just to bring it home too for people, connections help. Um, obviously, I'd worked for the Post before. Um, I knew people there. I knew a lot of reporters there when I applied. I, you know, asked some of my connections who knew me to put in a good work for, word for me. And a lot of them were like, hey, we'd love to have you back. We, we loved working with you. Um, guys like Paul Swartz, Brian Lewis, um, Zach Brazilla was a longtime friend of mine. We started off covering uh, stuff together. Um, even people I knew on the SMY side, Ian Begley, another longtime friend of mine, we all started covering high school sports together. So those connections, I think, help. And I think it helps me excel in the job now because I have such great relationships with those guys. So when I need somebody to come on for an interview or I need them to talk, they're, they're already comfortable with me. They know me. Um, some of those folks I've we've hung out, we've had meals together um so that stuff helps but it was a great opportunity i love what i'm doing right now um i think i'm in a very comfortable space with it we are really pushing and doing some really great content 
And I think it's getting better. And I think it's just, it's where sports is headed in the digital space. You know, uh, our content is on SNY's YouTube channel or New York Post YouTube channel, but also both Twitter handles for both places. And it's on their website. So there's so many places we can see it and people can interact with what we do. Um, and I think we're just trying to push and push and expand more. I've just started a new weekly show on Saturdays called the New York Sports Rapid Rundown. We have a different guest and we talk through the three hottest topics of the week. So that's been great. And I think the other thing I love about it is uh, we've been given a lot of creative freedom. And I think that helps and not afraid to try different things around sports and different interviews. But people love our interviews. And I think that's what does the best. The best right now is our interviews. And it was a great opportunity. So, yeah, that's how it came about. I knew I was going to get into sports. I I prepared myself and I think working on the NBA exchange helped with a reel when I needed to show it to them. And that's why I got some interest because I worked on the craft of what I wanted to do with hosting. So yeah, I knew I wanted to get back. I'm happy to be back in sports. Uh, Weather was nice for a quick, quick blip on the radar to say, but uh, I'm glad to be back in sports. Paul Schwartz, Zach, they're great guys. Puma. Yep. Costello, we've had him on. Love when you have him on as well. They are yeah. very funny people. So, oh my guys, yeah, yeah, great people. So, from there, now you're doing the updates for WFN, CBS Sports Radio, WCBS. How did that come about? So, I I even forgot about this uh, because I'm part time at the Post. I was kind of looking for something else. Uh, I man, this was probably I guess top of. 2022 i did a position i applied for it and they had seen my stuff they reached out to me after i forgot about it for a couple of months they reached out to me and they were like hey we've seen your stuff on new york post sny um we really like it how would you feel about do, being doing some update anchoring and i was like oh man it's great like i grew up listening to the fan um this is kind of crazy and they had hit me up in about i think i was about august of last year and they were like, hey, we'll be in touch. I, I had a, I had a meeting uh, with them and it was a Zoom meeting and they said, we'll be in touch. And I, I didn't hear anything till a couple months later. I think it was like October. They finally got back to me. They were like, okay, we, like, we want to we wanna bring you in the fold. We want to get you on board. And um, they're like, we'd like to get you to start in November. And my first night was Thanksgiving night. That was the first updates I did. So I did some training with that. I went and I did a Thanksgiving night. Um, and it's fun, man. It's fun. It's fun working at the fan. It's fun interacting with the hosts. Um, it's fun, you know, working with some people that you've listened to or you or you've known, you know, you know all the time. Except like, a lot of the guys at the fan that are on now already cross paths with them at some point, whether it's um, you know, Joe, it's Joe Beningo when he was on, I got cross paths before. Evan, I'd met uh before, so it's it good to see this. When I'm on CBS Sports, Maggie Gray, who I've known for years. Um Carton before he before he left so I'd known some of those guys I got to you guys may have seen this on social media I got to see Steve Summers the other day I had met Steve Summers years before years ago when I first worked at the post but I got to chop it up with him the other day he was in to do an anniversary show and that was pretty cool so yeah it's it's, it's cool I, I I like doing the updates and I think what I like about it is I've listened to a lot of different people do it over the years and I think I get to bring my style to it and I try to have fun with it and and not take it too, too seriously and just have it as if I'm talking to somebody about telling you what's going on in the sports while tossing us some sound I, I try to make it as fun I try to have fun with it and I think one of the things is nobody's told me hey you're, you're doing anything wrong and I, I know some producers here have told me hey I like your style I like how you do it you you do this a little bit differently and, I, and that's what it should be about we should have diversity in the way people do things and um so yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a fun job doing doing that. It's it's busy. I've done a lot of a lot of my shifts have been on the overnight, but I have I have fun with that. Just some days are really busy, some nights are really slow depending on the news. Like I I actually am not in this week, but I don't I don't feel uh, I don't have any envy for the update anchors working this week because this is one of the slowest weeks in sports for content. So uh, I'm sure it was tough for some of them because not a lot going on like last night other than the All Star game, a couple WNBA games. So. It's tough, but uh, yeah, no, nah, that's how that came about, and uh, it's been a great opportunity. I've enjoyed doing it. I'll see, I'll see where it goes. I'd like to do some hosting eventually, but we'll we'll see where, we'll see where it goes. But I'm enjoying it right now. So I went to the charity softball game for the fan a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago in St. George and in Staten Island over here. So I got to meet the rest of the the WFM people that Nick and I have not had on. So again, 
everybody from WFAN, everybody from the New York Post, uh, everybody from SNY, or mostly everybody from SNY we've had on. So uh, you can join uh, that illustrious list. But yeah, uh, I could definitely see you doing some hosting at, at some point. I think you're at this point very well-versed uh, and you've got the experience and the chops to do so. Thank you, man. I I, I, I appreciate that. And listen, I, I'm, I say this all the time. You mentioned some of these people. Keith, Keith, great dude. I do a lot of updates with him when I'm there at night for his show. Um, he should, he'll be a guest on New York Sports Rapid Run now pretty soon. Um, but I, I'm blessed to have worked with great people. I think none of us are as good as the the people we work around and the teams we have around us. So, you know, I I try to get the best out of the columnists and reporters that work with me at the Post and, you know, anchors or hosts that I work with at um, at WFAN and CBS Sports Radio. I'm, I'm blessed to work with some great people that, you know, uplift me and I hope I uplift them. And so, you know, it's, it's the same. But, you know, I, I, I would also like to mention, I think people need, I, I'm a big supporter of independent media because that is literally why I'm here talking to you. <laughs> like I, I tell people that all the time. So when I see what you guys are doing or reaching out to guests or going out to make those connections, these are things people should know that are the foundations and the groundwork to get where you want to get in media. None of, a lot of what I've been able to do, even independently, has been through building those connections over time. Like you said, going to a softball charity game that's how you meet people you get your name out there give somebody your card or your well now your, your twitter handle your ig or whatever it might be and connect the work that you, i want to salute you guys because the work that you guys are doing that's what's important in media i think now it's so important that people can create their own stuff that's something i like about media it's for good and bad there's people who create really good work there's people who create work that's not so good because they're not really willing to put the work in on their craft but i think for those that are and take it seriously and are reaching out to guests and making connections and looking to grow, it's going to pay off for you. And I, I think I'm proof of that. Um, I think a lot of people look at my resume and talk about the, you know, you worked here and you've worked there and all that stuff, but none of that, none of that is possible if not for the foundations of what I had in college. And then also what I did with backpack broadcasting, that was a lot of hours of blood, sweat, and tears on my own, creating my own content. Not, I'm not getting paid for it, but it's worth it because you're honing your craft. And and this is why, you know, when people like you guys reach out to me and ask me, hey, Dex, will you come on and talk? I always, I try, if I have the time, I try to make it because I understand how important that is. And so I want to salute you guys because you guys are doing the good work that that needs to be done. And if somebody else is listening to this, you should be inspired by what you do. Hopefully maybe some of what I do, um, but Anybody else there thinking about creating their own content, do it. Just do it because it's really the way to get your reps and for people to see you. And visibility is everything today. And, and so is being good at your craft. So this is why I support independent media all the time. Got to. We appreciate it, Dexter. Thank you so much. Yeah. Last question from me here. In your life, your career, what would you say is your you know I'm right moment? What I mean by that is a time or place where you wanted to pursue something. You asked somebody for advice. They said, Dexter, that's an awful idea. Don't do that. And you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And ultimately, you will see why it is that I'm right. Wow. That's a really good question. Did somebody tell me no? People have told me, people have told me no's to not doing some, something. I, I'm, but nobody's really told me something was a bad idea. People haven't necessarily, I'll probably share this. People haven't supported me in necessarily maybe the way I would have liked, but I still pushed on and, and, and did it. Like I'll tell, I'll share two things. One, which might, which might be answer the question. When I was working for Cinesport, that was a company I, I mentioned between the post, I wanted to do more on-air stuff with them and for whatever reason they just weren't giving me the opportunity and they told me they would and then they didn't which I wasn't thrilled about at the time I can be honest about that and that was really the fact that they said no to me on that that was really the spark to do backpack broadcasting but it was to take it a step further so and I haven't, I haven't, I've talked about, I've talked about this story, but I've never actually mentioned the name of the company or, or, or people around this before, but I'll share this. You guys are the, the first where I'm doing this because I'm comfortable in doing that now. I wasn't before. 
the when I was working there, I would go to sometimes Jets practice, Giants practice, Knicks, Nets, whoever, and I would shoot all this stuff with the reporters. And I started realizing, I was like, you know what? I could be doing this myself with my own outlet. So I was like overshooting and keeping foot, some footage for myself or using different sound. And I talked to, just to be clear, I talked to all the PR people at these places, whether it was the Knicks, the Mets, and I told them what I was doing because I didn't want them to be like, hey, where's this coming from? And they were all like, yeah, that's, we know, he's fine. And so I did it. And I won't say this person's name, but the person who was my boss, I don't even remember how, but he came across the Backpack Broadcasting YouTube channel. And he said to me, what is this? And I was probably being a little bit of a smart ass. And I said, well, it's a YouTube channel that I had to create because you guys wouldn't give me the opportunity to do what I, you know, what I felt like I could do on camera. And they basically told me, um, either you stop doing this or you're out of a job. And I was pushing back because I was like, what's the conflict? I'm not using the stuff that you're doing. And I was, I was pushing back and all that, but they were adamant about it. They were like, no, I just moved into a new apartment. I was not making that much money, guys. Uh, I had to keep paying my rent. So I stopped and I was really disappointed. I was bummed about it. And I believe um, it was my fiance or my cousin who told me now, who said to me, well, why don't you go back and do some stuff with high school basketball? And basically, I think this is the point where I was like, okay, no, you're not going to stop me. I started back up, and that's how I got into covering high school basketball. I didn't let it stop me because at first it was great. I was getting some hits from doing Giants, Jets, professional teams, obviously get you more attention. But because I said, no, you know what? You're wrong. I'm going to continue doing this in a different way where it has nothing to do with what you do. And that was one of the best decisions I ever made. That's one. The second one I'll tell you, it's also just about not being supported. Maeve came, it, it came at, at AccuWeather in which I had pitched to do a sports and weather series. And uh, I'm going to be nice here and say that my management at AccuWeather at the time when I was working there, management changed from the people that hired me. And the management that was there was not necessarily uh, the best or most supportive. Um, and I still push to do some sports and weather stuff that... I think it's some really good work, some of the best work I ever did, including a story I did down at LSU um, with their football team and how they keep the players cool with these refrigerated, basically, containers to keep them cool in the heat. And I went and did this really good story down there on that um, that people could check out. And the 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 point I say in all that is that there's going to be a lot of nosy in your career. People are going to tell you, no, nobody's ever really told me something I did was a bad idea and I didn't listen to them. People have told me, no, you can't do this or you can't do this here. And I haven't listened to them. And I said, you know what? Nah, um, I'm right. I believe in myself. I'm going to double down. Um, but what I think if people listen to the stories, I tell you that takes a lot of confidence in yourself. It also takes the support of people around you because I wouldn't have done that stuff if it wasn't for my mentors the people that love me around me, pushing me to do that. So I hope that answers the question, Nick, but I think that's more of my, yeah. um, you know what? Nah, this is this is what I'm gonna do, and I'm I look back and I'm glad I I'm glad I did that, um, because a lot of the things I've been able to accomplish in my career is because I didn't listen to the people that told me no or you can't do this. I still found a way to go do it anyway. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Joe knows all about ultimatums from players. So. <laughs> <laughs> you you Nick Nick has this innate ability where he just always knows what I'm thinking. Uh, the portion, the portion of that, and it was a very sufficient response to our signature question. It's oh, a great answer. Uh, the portion about that, about the uh, the doing something else, the conflict of interest. Let's just say among us and among a couple of guests here and there that we've had, that's not the first time that that particular uh, topic mm. has come up. So, uh, Nick, I certainly agree. I, I will I will add something to the story. A couple of years, I I used to I, I had some anger towards that and what had happened um, with the company that told me no, you couldn't do this, wasn't giving me the opportunities, and I ended up leaving that company. Uh, I think that was around 2013, and it didn't like the way it that left didn't wasn't the best. I, the way they handled it, it wasn't really all me. So the way they handled it, they 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 started becoming really shady with stuff, particularly money, and. I had never seen some of those people again. Um, 
And the the superior who had found backpack broadcasting and asked me like, what is this? And I kind of went back with him. A couple of years ago, I had a friend of mine who was working on a project for a show and asked me to come in and be like a technical director on this for the week. And that dude was also working on the show. And I had not seen him since. And I, this was the year when I just left AccuWeather. So it was between the time of AccuWeather and starting at the New York Post and SNY. And I hadn't seen him since. And you know what's funny? You know, you think about what's it going to be like when you see somebody or you're mad about something. And man, I didn't feel anything at all. We we talked. It was it was it was all good. And this is another thing. It's like you you have to let things go because holding on to that negative energy, even if you feel like somebody's done you wrong, or just know that you made the best out of it. Take your positivity, which is what I try to do, and make the best you can out of it. Holding on to negativity is only going to keep you in a place where oh, that person's holding me back. I mean, like maybe. They are. It's an it, it's a it's a challenge. It's an obstacle. Uh, you can figure your way around it, and uh, I th I think that's what I what I was able to do, and something I try to pass on to people is just it's just an obstacle for now. You have a right to be mad about it, but let that anger fuel you to do something actually good. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. Motivated Nick and I to do this. We love your positive energy, Dexter, and uh, we wish you the best with everything going on. Um, New York media guys. So hopefully one day we can have you on again soon. Uh, and if you ever need Nick and I in a pinch, if you're doing something for the post, we'd be more than happy to, to come on. Obviously, you know, we have basically friends all over this town. So uh, Dexter, we appreciate your time. Uh, what we do here is what we give our guests the last words. Uh, so if there's anything else you would like to share, promote for yourself. And I know you kind of already done that already, but if there's anything else you would like to say, by all means, go ahead. The floor is yours. And we appreciate your time today. Thanks again for doing this with us. Thank you. If anybody wants to follow my work, you can follow me on all social media platforms at D Henry TV. Uh, check out the New York Post YouTube channel, SNY YouTube channel. And if you listen to WFN or CBS Sports Radio, you can hear me on there sometimes. I usually tweet when I'm on giving updates. So you can check that out there. And lastly, I would like to say, once again, Nick and Joe, thank you for the platform. You will definitely be welcome to come on with me at some point. And uh, anytime you want me back on, I'd be more than glad to come back on and uh, talk with you guys. So thank you. Appreciate it. I appreciate it, Dexter. And Dexter, going to remind the audience here, because <laughs> it's listening only that I can't say, if you come for the king, you best, you best not, not miss. miss. So that's going to do it here for this episode of You Know I'm Right for our very special guest, Dexter Henry, my co-host, Joe Calabrese. I am Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. All right.